You're listening to Youth Ministry Maverick, a podcast about mold-breaking methods to invest in the next generation of the church. Here's your host, Jeff Harding. Hello, hello, everyone. This is Jeff. Welcome back to Youth Ministry Maverick. You're listening to episode 32, The Advent Lens. Typically, in the season of Advent, I think I do what many of us in youth ministry do. Uh, We look at the themes of Advent, we talk about the birth story, and we think about how we can personify those themes moving forward. And this year, with my students, I'm doing something different. I'm taking those themes of Advent and using them as a lens to look back at this unbelievable year we've had. 2020 has been filled with a lot of things. I think the word unprecedented has been used an unprecedented amount of times. And when we ask students, hey, where did you see hope? Where did you see peace, joy, signs and reminders of our salvation? in 2020, that is probably going to draw some blank stares and people coming up with answers like, I don't know, and yeah, I have nothing. (laughs) And at first, I think many of us might answer the same. So I want to give you guys some uh, flashes of uh, things I've been doing with my own students to help think about Advent this year and also process the year 2020, which will undoubtedly uh, affect how we move forward as the church, um, in society, um, some new norms that are being established, and why we do still have hope, peace, joy, and certainly our salvation moving forward. Uh, Flipping the calendar to 2021 won't magically erase the polarization, uh, won't magically erase COVID, Um, but uh, there are some things that we can start doing now to have a better perspective and mindset on how to do what God has called us to do uh, and proclaim the gospel and be the example that he wants us to be in the world. Peace uh, is something that I think is a very interesting word um, when you look at the dictionary definition of it and how our wishes for it um, seem to be very surface level. Um, The lack of war, the lack of conflict, right, are some ways that people might define peace. And the example Uh, or illustration, rather, that I ran through with my students was giving them the uh, theoretical power to make world peace happen. Um, What I did was I started out with giving them some guidelines and boundaries. All right, here um, uh, is how you're going to do it. You're going to write down a list of things that need to happen in our country, in our world, for there to be peace. Um, some things that uh, can't happen anymore, some new behaviors, rules, whatever. You have, for the moment, universal authority to make all these things happen. So what can we do to achieve peace? And after they came up with that list, they had to get in 
to um, a small group. And together, they had to create a list. But in that, they had to make some sacrifices and compromise things on their individual lists to make one list. And then I had them get into a bigger group. And then a bigger group. And ultimately, one big group. And they had to give me their single list of the things that are needed um, for world peace, all of them having to sacrifice and compromise on some things they had written down. So I'll go through the list that they provided for me, writing down all those elements. And then I'll make a T-chart and I'll say, all right, all the things that you had to eliminate from your list that you really wanted to incorporate that are not up here, give me those things as well and write all those. Then above all of those, um, I wrote John 16.33. So we all turned our Bibles there. And before Jesus makes the high priestly prayer in the upper room, the last thing he says to his disciples in the upper room is this. Uh, He says, I have told you all of these things so that in me you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world. Be courageous. I have conquered the world. That's the Christian standard Bible. Um, I have overcome the world is in the ESV and other translations. And so going through everything that the students had written, I pointed out that when Jesus talks about peace, he talks about suffering, tribulation, in the same breath. And being able to have peace is not dependent on your surroundings. It's not dependent on reality. It's not dependent on a government system, any of those things. Because Jesus is saying here that in the suffering you will have, you may have peace. And the way you have peace is in him because He has overcome the world. He has conquered the world. So peace is actually a choice. So if you do this exercise like I did, you can then ask your students to think back to all of the times that lacked peace, which there are probably too many to count, and say, if you had been able to choose peace in that moment, to be able to have courage and remember that we have peace in Christ because he has overcome the world and you could have had peace in those moments. How many more moments of anguish where there was suffering, but we chose to just focus on the suffering and be frustrated, be sad, be angry, which those emotions are normal, However, if we had the peace of Christ, if we remembered what he has done for us and how we can have true peace in the midst of suffering and tribulation, how would your year have looked different? Regardless of the circumstances, how would your year have looked different? What conversations would you have been able to have with people who are going through things if you could point them to the source of peace? So that is one outside-the-box way to address peace, especially for 2020. And joy, 
um, is the other one that I had um, a lot of fun talking about with my students uh, this past Sunday. We are currently in the week of joy. And uh, the main thing I focused on was the popular Christmas hymn, Joy to the World. And in mainly referencing a Gospel Coalition article written by um, Alyssa Poblete, Uh, I uh, talked about how when Isaac Watts wrote Joy to the World, he was not writing it about Christmas. It was never a Christmas hymn. Um, It was, however, about Advent, but it was about the second Advent, the second coming of Christ. Uh, When you look at the words of the song and you look at what Scripture says about when Jesus first came, the incarnation as a baby, they are almost polar opposite. Um, Earth did not receive her king. They, They did not prepare room in their hearts They were not singing for joy. Uh, Jesus was despised and rejected by men, as Isaiah 53 says. He's a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. Uh, Men men hid their faces. He was despised. He was not esteemed. But when Jesus does come back, uh, every knee will bow because everyone will realize that Jesus is who he said he was and who he will always be. Uh, Joy, as James says, um, is something that we should count when we meet trials of various kinds. And most importantly, joy is a fruit of the Spirit. So, much like hope and salvation, the other Advent themes, joy is not dependent on us. Uh, Joy is something that drives us forward that we can have, regardless of our circumstances, happiness is very much dependent on circumstances. But joy is something that is not rooted in ourselves, but what we have in Christ. That's why every Sunday, regardless of our socioeconomic status, regardless of some things that have happened in our lives or the lives of loved ones, we can and should rejoice to the Lord. Uh, Isaac Watts was looking at uh, Psalm 98 uh, when he wrote this verse, um, when he wrote this song, uh, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth, break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Um, So when we have these elements of Advent, um, they should not be dependent on us. They should draw curiosity. They should invite questions. People should wonder why we look different. And again, asking students, where did you see joy in 2020? Asking them to think about when they still had joy or when they knew, even when things were grim, that they could look forward to something, that they had joy because of what Christ has done for them, what God has provided for them in their lives, with relationships, with connections in the church. Um, We need to think about how we, as believers, can set the tone of what being a Christian should look like. It's not a political agenda. It's not 
certain events and laws having to take place for Christianity to exist. Yes, thinking about those things and talking about those things is important. However, individually, making up the corporate global church, when we can remember why we have joy, when we can choose peace, when we can celebrate why we have salvation and why we have not just an expectation or a wish, but an assurance and hope for our faith that Jesus is who he says he is and he will be coming back and why we can truly sing joy to the world at Christmas because we know that everything will be restored when this little baby who came at the first advent comes back, ultimately will begin the restoration of all things. We can look forward to the grace that was accomplished for our future. And so as you look at Advent this year, I hope maybe you can take a little bit of an outside perspective on it and personally think about how uh, you can celebrate Christmas, not just as the ending of 2020, but really as the beginning of a slightly different perspective Um, and not to mention Advent is actually the beginning of the church calendar. So for us as a church, uh, our liturgical year uh, doesn't start in January. It starts with Advent. And so what will this next year bring for us? How will we see hope, peace, joy, and salvation in this year to come? Think about that. Challenge your students to think about it in a new way, how they can engage with their families, uh, with their parents. And let's look forward to how we can make a difference as young believers for the students, but certainly for those of us who teach and invest in this next generation. Well, that's the end of this episode. Thank you again so much for joining me. I encourage you to like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts uh, so you will help our visibility and we can help others with our content. Also, if you screenshot your review of Youth Ministry Maverick before submitting it to Apple Podcasts and send it to me through email or social media, uh, I will send you some merchandise uh, that you can't buy from the Youth Ministry Maverick store and a thank you card uh, for giving us a review. I encourage you to share this episode with other youth ministry workers who are thinking about how they can personally, but also for their students, think about Advent differently. And our website, youthministrymaverick.com, has all of our previous episodes, a comprehensive list of our guests, their bios, and other resources to help you in ministry. Thanks again for listening. Happy Advent. And until next time, adios.